0: Welcome to the Love Cars On The Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman.
1: Welcome to Love Cars On The Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. What a weekend of motorsport. It was just ram action-packed. But the question is, what was the most dramatic out of all of the everything that went on over the weekend what was the most dramatic because there's drama coming out of our ears and we're going to start off with was this it first tip in Formula 1 you could decide well, what was the most this traumatic. wasn't
0: well, we start with Formula One first first because there was drama but it was by no means the most dramatic what? motorsport we will find out later on what was um but yes Imola Ferrari melts down drama um, I mean, what a terrible weekend for the championship leaders to come home to Imola and all the great Tifosi there, and then get blown away by the Red Bulls, which were in a class of their own all weekend with the speed they had. But you know, first, Science crashes in qualifying or practice, as qualifying or FP two, three, or whatever it was. You know, then Science crashes again in the race, which of course wasn't his fault. Ricardo apologised. The first corner clash. But then, you know, Leclerc, you know, there he is picking up some handy points for third, goes for, tries to get a second off Perez in the fastest lap, and he's in the wall and uh, ended up, was it, seventh or stuff. So, incredible drama. But the track, the race itself, apart from Ferrari, I mean, the story was simply Ferrari meltdown. But it was another dull Imola again, really. I mean, I always say this track, it's such a shame. It's got such a legendary history. They always think it was great racing, but it's been processional for years. Um, with only one DRS, you know, I don't think these cars are really following that much closely. Um, you had to be within work. If you were 0.7 behind at the DRS zone, the problem was there were two corners after the DRS zone, those, those two last turns. So you tended to lose a little bit. So by the time you got to the straight, the DRS could catch you up. But of course, it wasn't in operation for the first half of the race with the commentators rightly all moaning, you know, get the DRS open. Um the shame to me is the track needs, it's one of those ones that, you know, it reacted, overreacted in my books towards the, to the center, this terrible yeah. center tragedy. And then there are chicanes built all over the world. Um, and to my mind, the simplest place in Illinois to get rid of the second chicane, the Villeneuve Nerve chicane. Uh, I think if Villeneuve, Nerve, bless him up there in heaven, knew a chicane was being out, uh, he'd, he'd go mental, the last <laughs> thing he ever liked was chicanes. <laughs> But if you had the first chicane and then a run down to the the Tosa hairpin, you know, we could have overtakes in the Tosa, perhaps. Um, And then also the Aqua Minerale. The trouble is drivers love driving these tracks. It's got an elevation. It's very challenging. But it's not a racing circuit. And you go down to Aqua Minerale, this famous corner. You you come around, was it Piratella? The one really challenging, fast corner at the top of the hill. The best corner on the track. But any advantage, go downhill to Minerali, but then the braking zone's got a right-hand kink in it, so of course you can't get too wide. So you don't overtake into minerali, There's another chicane, and then oh, it annoys me at well, times you, the, the, the tracks.
1: It was a procession as it was, and there was the added excitement with the weather. So if yeah, the weather, if it was nice weather, but yeah. you say about Charles and Ferrari, but they didn't, they weren't too bad. Max and Red Bull just well, he, the, he is phenomenal. yeah,
0: he, the I, car. Well, the car was in his class, you know. Paris, you know. Leclerc shows, you know, he can't. Both times when he comes out on on new tires, he, he can't. He's not the driver that can really go instantly fast on on new rubber because that's when Leclerc kept having a sniff at him every time he changed tires. Yeah,
1: you're um, right. But in the sprint so, race, Charles looked to be quite solid. He, he looked to be leading quite well, and then his car yeah, went off, and uh, then Max came through for the for the victory and a well-deserved victory, pole position as well. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but.
0: but not much happiness really down there. The others are happy. I mean, Valtteri, well, well, but certainly I'm in mean, solid the third and fourth and two British boys. We have Lando. champions of the future, Lando, another fantastic, solid race. And of course, George, you know, bouncing along in his Mercedes. He said after the race, he's having backache, he's having lung problems, you know, and he's just driving through an incredible, you know, those cars to race. A physically exhausting to a normal human being, but to add that horrendous punishment. Um, he drives so well, George. And it's almost a shame that you know he's got into this Mercedes that's now rubbish and know.
1: Fifth. incredible. Lewis I mean, just uh, I'd
0: 14. like to point out, yeah, go back. What was my suggestion with the Lewis Ferrari after that? There was a race at the end of last season. I've forgotten what it, it decided something. <laughs> anyway, I actually said with the new formula coming if i was lewis i'd take a year out to see how the mercedes goes and then come back a year later because there's always the chance that one of the big teams would have a design disaster you we know, talked so about a new rule to
1: do that what if they and were having a fastest start but what if lewis
0: listen to you. me lewis yeah. could have quit which would have been a good impact on the race that happened I think at the end of last year Um, and stayed out for a year and he would have been sitting pretty but bravely came forward and now boy he must be regretting doing another season with that Did you see what Toto
1: Wolf said uh, on the radio? Lewis, hi, sorry, what you needed to drive, I know this is undrivable and not what you deserve scores (laughs) and results, we'll move from there but this was a terrible (laughs) race it's from Germany by the way (laughs) and and Lewis said, yeah no worries um, Toto, let's keep working hard but
0: but George, but, but George, George just here, which works, is- works, works, works fantastic. And,
1: and Red Bull 1-2. That's the first 1-2 they've had for five years. Incredible.
0: <laughs> I know both the top teams have been looking for that 1-2, you know, and they haven't had it for so long, you know, with the, the number two drivers not being up to the task. Although I say the number two, v- Bottas, other people are happy, probably. Valtteri Bottas is very happy in fifth. Yuki Tsunoda, tricky conditions, survived well for seventh. Sebastian Vettel, probably quite happy to get eighth after the dramas he'd had of missing races with COVID and crashing back 10 times in Australia. And Alex Albon, a big shout out. I thought he drove a fantastic race for Williams from the back of the grid up to 11th. Um, So some good news at Imola, but not that much drama apart from Ferrari, but lots of drama in the support races, both Formula 2 and Formula 3, all some yep. changing conditions. Um, in Formula 2, the sprint as well by Marcus Armstrong, the chaotic final, there were pace cars and off cars and crashes in. and Theo and the, the highly rated French king, came through. No British joy in Formula 2 with um, Oli Caldwell and Jake Hughes, 12th for Jake, 14th for Oli. Uh, Formula 3 again, fantastic race. The racing was good because the conditions change and of course in in the main race in Formula 2 you've got that tired difference between those that start on the soft and those that start on the medium so they mix it all up um we did have a lot of a lot to shout about in the in the F3 race because Oli Behrman had a fantastic he was leading the final until nearly the end when he got shuffled back to fourth uh where the Czech uh, Roman Stanek came through to win um and also Zach O'Sullivan the other of the the auto sport winners he had a good weekend to finish seventh, so lots of British hope in Former Three for Drivers of the Future. Not so um, much but in sad, two. We, we should got, have just mentioned no, no, Formula Three. We haven't not got a we well. haven't got a
1: Brit in the top ten of the, the standings of no, F two.
0: F two. But we ought to mention Johnny Edgar, it was. i am so rudely forgot Johnny's first name. we said last week in the podcast how he's had to pull out, you know, I mean he's 18 years old and he's got his Crohn's disease is the problem that's this awful yeah. weight losing energy sapping and for a kid of that age to have to i mean the dream of his dreams to be doing f3 and he was a really highly rated star so get better soon johnny it's a big challenge you've got ahead of you but um, let's hope you can get through it
1: so, um, so the main drama that you're referring to for this whole weekend wasn't at Imolo. It must be BTCC, no. the new hybrid era well, BTCC. well, yes, it was good. Talking BTCC, one of our
0: ex-weekend, the Porsche guy Harry King was third in the Super Cup. Shout-out for Harry, who's doing the break the World Super Cup Porsches, was third. Yes, BTC, of course. I mean probably more dramatic than the Formula 1, or pretty close to the Formula 1, because it wasn't overly dramatic, BTCC, as always. I mean, fantastic four wide, three wide. Some overtaking manoeuvres, these are down-cranered curves, were they... They get inside on the long run, a bit of a
1: nudge going on and all oh, down Crater Curve. I which mean, it's, is it's crazy. For, for those of you who don't know Crater Curve at Donington, it's it's hill, the undulation is yeah. oh, so scary. It's
0: uh... So fabulous there. And of course, it's not just the Touring, you know, three Touring Car races, there's Porsches, Janettas, Minis, Formula Four single seater. So a really dramatic uh, weekend. But the big drama, really, the BTC, the highlight was Jake Hill. Um, we said he'd be good at the BMW, he qualified on pole position. Finished third in the first race, which was a great tussle out front, the whole race battling through. Uh, But then Jake got thrown out for ride height infringement at the end of that first race, got put to the back of the grid for race two. So he started 28th, got up to ninth place at the end of race two, and then the lucky draw of the balls put Jake back on pole (laughs) position where he'd started the day for the reverse grid race, which he duly won, but at ease, really. So so really the big drama by Jake Hill. Um, Tom Ingram, looked at the class field as well. He won that first race, second in the second race after a fabulous battle with Gordon Shedden, which went right the way to the last lap. Um, so it, it's Tom Ingram that leads the championship in points, Shedden second. Ash Sutton, uh, only third of the points. Yeah, he came second, I think, in the reverse screen or third. Had a bit of a week, and their forwards aren't going that well because we had all the drama, drama of Dan Camish's car catching fire in qualifying. So the Napa boys, that um, we love the colour scheme, but they had a pretty fraught first weekend. Um, one name I'd like to bring out of the touring cars, there's George Gamble, some name that leapt out of the, the timesheets when I looked at it, because he qualified, where was it, fifth on the grid? He's in a BMW. Uh, George has been on the token package for about 10 years. He's only 25, but he started in Juniors, then in Gennettas. He's done the Porsche Super Cups. He went away and did some GT racing. I think it was the Aston Martin GT4. So really impressive weekend. He came sixth in the first race, third in the second race, um, had a messy reverse grid. So new name to look out for... um, in, in British touring cars, George and, Gamble.
1: And they're fast, these uh, the new hybrid cars are fast, setting lap records uh, faster than they've ever been. But you expect cars to get tippy to get yeah. fast every year, year on year. Out. And the way they were corner cutting, I wasn't going to go on to that just because <laughs> you mentioned fastest laps. Ash Sutton, I started mean, to see
0: that picture of him next yeah. to the tyres. But everyone was. There was a picture of Hill on the exit of the chicane. game. So there's those nasty yellow nasty curbs, and they put the tire stacks inside the nasty curbs. They probably think, well, they won't go near those because, but of course not. They've got the suspension. They all just, so, I mean, it just looks stupid. A car with four wheels inside where the corner should be. And
1: I said, well, just move the tire stack out. Because yeah. they're always going to apex on the tar stack, and then it's dangerous. People say, "Then it's dangerous." But, but why is it any more dangerous? The <laughs> <Exactly>. Apex, wherever <laughs> you
0: put the tar stack is, they brush them, and yes, if they then oh. But I like. Or how else, else He actually
1: was posted actually? a picture. He actually posted a picture of him doing it. it was like, Hang on a minute! You're just <laughs> showing everybody. You are literally you are, oh. it, all four wheels are off the yeah. off the track.
0: I mean, I mean, if the tyre stats are danger, then get really strict with the white line rule. If you're four-wheel's inside the white line, you're cutting the corner, it's an advantage, you get a penalty. So either get strict, strict, strict with, with track limits or stick the tyre walls. Have you lost someone?
1: No, no, i got Elliot here. It's OK, you carry on. I agree with you. So, so, our, yes, our expert Elliot Withers uh, is with us. So, yeah, you got me going. But so, um, so, tell me, BTCC, that wasn't the drama. So, it must be NASCAR. That was cool. Well, of be course, the drama. Talladega. Was that the drama? The, was that the, the most big, dramatic well, this weekend?
0: Actually, there is more drama to come. Because, to be fair, Talladega wasn't the actual massive, uh, huge drama. When you stop looking for Elliot, you turn me out, you can see in the corner <laughs> of your eye. Um, Talladega for once, although it had masses of drama, it wasn't the super drama because there's always the big one they talk about, this back straight normally all doing 200 miles an hour pirouetting, crashing, rolling um, the only big crash system actually having a lot of restarts, so they weren't, weren't right up to their full 200 mile an hour speed uh, but Joey Lagarde, they got the trouble is they got into a four-pushing-four situation, which you mustn't let happen. You shouldn't push. They all push at Talladega. So you're saying pump, this is the pump.
1: most dramatic thing all weekend NASCAR. Well, no, we,
0: we haven't got to the finish yet. <laughs> we haven't got to the finish. Yet. There wasn't the big one. It was not It was a quieter, Talladega. But yes, they were pushing, and Bubba Wallace got on the back of Joey Logano, but Joey Logano was already pushing the car in front of him. That's what you mustn't try and do, because if you get a squeezy squash... The one in the middle gets spat out, which happened to Joey. He went up, hit the wall, came right back into the pack on a restart. So they're all just, um, there was about 20 cars went off and about 10 cars had to retire from the damage. So there was a semi-big one, but then it settled down to quite a long, not that edgy, nervy race. And he ended up in single file going into the last 20 laps or so. There was single file, whereas normally they were three wide, two wide, drama. But, of course, the drama still comes at the end of the three hours, however long it takes to do a Talladega race. There was a little fact that says, there are 29 occasions now the lead has changed on the last lap at Talladega. So whilst it might be boring for the... 29 times the lead has been changed on the last lap. And on this time, it was my man Larson, Kyle Larson, in the number five. But finally, he hasn't finished the top five of any super speedway race. He always gets caught in the big ones or the shunts or runs out of fuel. And this time he was pushing the leader, Eric Jones on the last three laps, working it all out. And it's just like 200 mile an hour chest. Where do I, when do I pull out? If I pull out, someone has to go with me. Someone has to push me. And he waited and waited until the last goal. He got the push he wanted. But then he went high towards the finish line. You either go low or go high. And, and the leader... Um, um, was it, I just said Evans, Evans, not Evans Eric Jones went, went high with him and that pushed Larson high and that put Kurt Busch who was on a run on the outside, smashed him straight into the wall um, Mayhem Institute, Bubba Wallace was in the wall and the guy that was pushing Larson to help him overtake the lead, um, Ross Chastain just stayed low, and came through to win his second ever NASCAR race wow. he's a melon man, he stood on the roof he's a melon farmer Probably not wow. anymore he knows successfully. He smashes melons and eats the melon. So there was a fair bit of drama, but not the normal Talladega mayhem.
1: So so um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the last time I can ever remember a Formula 1 race ending being with an overtake on the last lap was probably some race at the end of last year. Not
0: no, really I can't remember that.
1: Yeah. But no, I don't... 29, I don't, has, 29 changes been. on the last lap is just phenomenal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So, well, that's Talladega, you know, it's always good, because someone will
1: go for broke. And, uh, so the most drama know. wasn't Talladega, which means it must be the motorbike. And so I know there was lots of well, trouble with the motorbikes this weekend. It, yeah, the motorbikes didn't let us down, but it wasn't the most dramatic
0: sport <laughs> of the weekend. We have wow, more to wow. <laughs> um, well, the two <laughs> motorbike events, of this week: World Superbikes and MotoGP, um, the World Superbikes, which used to be just this battle between Jonathan Ray and Topregg Rasgatliogu. Res- I was going to say his name that time, Rasgatliogu. You got close. <laughs> I said it wrong, Um, But they've, of course, been joined this year by the, by the Spaniard um, uh, Alvaro Bautista. So it's become a three-way fight instead of the, the, the head-to-head battle. Uh, and the first two races went fairly normally with Ray finishing first, the second, and Bautista third in both the race one and the Super Bowl race. But the drama came in the final race when Ray and uh, Razgatliogu clashed and down they both went. Um, so the major drama in the Superbikes so was that, but uh, that allowed Bautista to come through to win. And he now leads the Super World Superbike standings from Ray and Toprak. It was the top practice time. Yeah, top practice. So yeah, they, they both blamed each other, but it, the racing got so close they ended up taking each other out. But Moto GP, the boys at Moto, they did not let the motorbike world down when it comes to no, driving. I saw
1: this. I saw this. This oh. was very
0: dramatic. Anyone would Well, didn't amazing. See it. Yeah, we'll come to the big one, but, but Moto 3, you'd always think it was gonna be Moto 3, the kids. Yeah. But it wasn't the kids. <laughs> out, of the, out of the 32 or the 30 kids, only two retired, so 28 of the Motos 3 uh, kids survived. It was a great race actually for Scott Ogden, this little kid we've got from England, this team vision track that's got these two British riders into Motos 3 because we haven't got any pipeline to the top. Uh, Scott qualified 8th, uh, so by far, they start, I think he qualified for the first round about 25th, and he's just slowly come up, looks a really talented kid. He got to 7th on the opening lap, but then he got to show, he had, ended up his huge pack, and ended up 13th. But Finishing 13th, which is still his best result, he was 0.272 seconds. That's a quarter of a second behind eighth place. Wow. So between, he was just a quarter of a second off of finishing eighth, which would have been fantastic. But uh, anyway, name for the future motorbikes for Britain, hopefully Scott Ogden. But yes, it was... Uh, well, not even Moto GP that provided the maximum drama because they did their own bit. We have what, more. What have we got left? Mo- Moto GP was good, but we've got to go on to Moto two in a minute. Oh, Moto GP was a great race. Yeah, we've got two, three of the three Grand Prix, Obviously, in Moto. It uh, saw Fabio Quattoraro, the French champion from last year, come back on form with his Yamaha. He won a good race, closely fought. He managed to get by. Uh, uh, Johan Mir, the, the, the Spaniard on the Suzuki, who was leading.
1: Is Port um, good for bikes? Is it a good circuit? For oh,
0: bikes? epic. Yeah, well, you've seen them around there. It's just epic. Yeah. But it's turn one, is so quick for bikes. There's a turn one, the drama <laughs> happened, the drama of MotoGP when uh, Jack Miller, the Aussie on his Ducati, was trying to get by Mir and he slipped in all the way down that long straight. And he got on the inside, but Mir can break really late. He's one of the latest breakers. And Miller tried to hang on, but he's on the inside. He broke as late as he could, and the front folded underneath him, and he took Mir out. So the two of the main Moto GBs boys in the gravel, and uh, on that occasion, uh, certainly Miller said it was his fault. But that was the drama. And the biggest drama on the bikes was save for Moto Two, and never quite, I've never quite—I've never seen anything like this. In it looks, it looked like somebody put a stinger
1: down. Uh, you know police figures
0: yeah Yeah. it was it was it was a great race I mean, the brits were doing well we still got these two brits doing well in moto two uh jake dixon qualified third uh and uh it was it sam lowes was sixth. but jake got a bad start he's running about seventh probably luckily he was running seventh because on about the fourth lap i don't know what lap or fifth lap or whatever there was threat of rain there was spits of rain and the leaders came in to turn one, which is a pretty quick corner, and headed down towards the little kink that is turn two when they hit some rain. And I mean, the first three or four just dropped it. I mean, they're all got off the gravel trap. The, the, we went out to a wide shot. <laughs> there was something like 15 bikes went down. Uh, Sam Lowe's said it. it was a month ago. Fantastic. Jake <laughs> Dixon managed to stay up. But it was terrifying because, of course, the riders can fall off on their own but then they're lying in the gravel. But if one of those bikes comes at 100 miles, the weight of a bike and Scary hits... Scary stuff. And there was we, a couple... We, we that laugh just, and we yeah. in, in awe, really. And the bike riders know it, so they stand up quick and they jump out of the way. You know, they're watching one bike and another bike. And from the long shot, you didn't notice the bike but the rider was still on the bike and it burst into a ball of flames. <laughs> it was like a Vietnam, you know, helicopter <laughs> attacking war movie. It was terrifying. I mean, everybody was, you know, the commentators which just, just, don't look, you know, because, you know, any one of those bikes, well, you, you know, as soon
1: as they pull know, the camera away, you know it's, it's bad. Oh, it was. But the drama didn't even end
0: there with this most... Epo- 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 what's that word? Apocalyptic. Apoc- Apocalyptic apoc- 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 crash. Apoc- yeah. Because poor old Jake Dixon, who... He was on pole in Indonesia, I don't know, he was up front in Indonesia and he got to third and then he dropped it. He hasn't got a podium yet. He was on pole for the restart, a seven-lap sprint to glory. And he led off the start and got about half red. They'd been kept on the grid a long time while they cleared up the mess. It was very cold, so the tyres were cold. And he got to a right hand at the top of the hill and just lost the front end. I haven't even seen an interview for him. I mean, he was crying after Indonesia when he blew it. And, He could have so easily had the win. And, oh, Jake, 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 we're all with you. I'm sure, uh, you know, Susie was in tears afterwards. Um, But a little bit of a, just to end the Moto Bucks race, it was a nice little story that Joe Roberts came through to win that shortened race um, from the USA. Not Kenny Roberts' son, everybody thinks Joe Roberts is. He's in his sixth season of Moto 2. I mean, talented, but he's never had a win. So a little happy story at the end of Moto 2. For the Americans, not for the Brits. OK, so that's
1: obviously the drama. That's the drama you've been referring <laughs> but no, to. Way no, for bikes. But I think, I'm not going on crash
0: drama. They won the crash drama by miles, the motorbike boys. They always do, because I mean, it's just terrifying <laughs> when they go there. One goes down, it scares me. The high sides, they do. But I think for drama of an overall motorsport event of the weekend goes the rally boys, uh, the world okay. rally. I called chair. it, I called it. World Rally Championship, went to Croatia, and it was just foul weather. I mean, it was pouring and raining, and the tracks, it was, it was a tarmac rally, and I kept on seeing punctures, punctures, punctures on the news, and it was just narrow gravel strewn. Every course was cutting corners, especially in the wet. Uh, Pirelli were a bit criticized, it's not really their fault. They came out with these sort of soft tires for the wet, which probably had soft cyborgs, which maybe be a more puncture prone. So obviously, don't expect too much gravel and rocks on a, on a, on a tarmac stage. I mean, but it started off with drama. I mean, the first stage alone, Eskabeca Lappi, um, the Finnish guy having a sort of... He's, he's on and off with Toyota and he clipped a rock on an apex, left-hand drive car, tiny, big rock, but he just clipped the rock and a whoop suspension. He was out. He came back later on, did some really good times, because, of course, they rejoined. It. it. was quick. And Elfin Evans, our British hope, our Welshman, he got a punched, I think, on the first or second stage. He lost two minutes... Right from the word go, so he's pretty much out of contention. Like you said
1: about the punctures, the the, the, the tire manufacturers asked to build the tires a certain certain yeah. way. It always amazes me in rallycross how they get so few punctures. Well, that's yeah, because well, they brutal. got tires made.
0: Yes, I think the rally to put their rallycross cars on the, <laughs> yeah. on the rally cars, but then all the drivers are going, like, "I've got no grip, I've got no grip." They are all moan like mad. I've got punctures. we'll give you harder tires. I've got no grip. I mean, just, you know, <laughs> drivers will always be drivers. But more drama, poor old Adrian Formo, who's this French kid with the chances forward, who keeps on having big shunts but going fast. He ended up with someone's front gun on the second corner of a stage, or maybe stage two turned I think someone else had almost gone off on board, but it was a tricky corner. So that was the early drama. Gus Greensmith, the British driving form, was having a really good rally, but he started getting punches. And so obviously, I think it was on the second day, he ended up with three punctures on a stage. So he, he just had to quit the stage because he had no, nothing left to drive on. Um, then Oliver Solberg, uh, Petter's kid, who was going quite well in his uh, twi What was he hind eye? One of the two. He had this big shunt that burst into flames. Um, dramatic shots. Luckily, it was only the back end of the car, but back end of the car's a the fuel tank. So maybe <laughs> not much fuel. It wasn't that big a fire. So maybe it was just a tiny leak. So we had the, the dramatic images of a um, fire, and there was just so much. You just see these guys going through these stages. How they stay on them at all? You know, really incredible. Postcards. The oh, driving skill oh. is just phenomenal. But it all came down to the Sunday last two stages, where the maximum drama of last weekend, despite what we've already heard before, because Kali Raven This, you know, he's twenty-one years old now. I think is this um, Finnish kid. He was just dominating the rally. I mean, he was just he was cruising the long, you know, as good as anyone goes. Um, Toyota, he's in. And then all of a sudden, on the Friday, he had a one and a quarter minute lead on the Saturday, sorry. And he just had everything under control. Everyone else was falling off, having punctures. This amazing kid, Kelly. Uh, but he had a puncture on Saturday, and he'd lost a minute of his lead. So his lead was down to 18 seconds. But still, by Sunday morning, he'd increased it to 30 seconds. He's just cruising. I mean, just the most amazing... Calmness for this future talent that just looks like he's going to dominate rallying for a while to come. Um, but the nineteenth of penultimate stage, there was torrential rain. It bucked it down, and well, not Tannock, who was chasing um, for the lead, who was the one he was now what, thirty seconds behind, um, found some super wet weather or soft tires. He managed to find the right tires for this torrential downpour, and he took. He turned. What do you? How much? Ck. It was 30 seconds he took over 30 seconds off of the leader so he turned it into a 1.4 second lead wow so the 30 seconds disappeared so it was now one stage to go and, and Robert pair that dominated the rally was now second in fact on those torrential rain the wrc2 cars that normally sort of the 10th overall just behind all the manufacturers they were quicker the top <laughs> 10 was of the Yeah, because they had probably narrower tyres or softer, I don't know what tyres they had. In fact, a quick shout out to Chris Ingram, because he was third overall on that uh, penultimate stage in the foulest of conditions. So fantastic to shout out. And so then we come to the final test, which is extra points, because it's that, what do they call it, speed test? I don't know what they call it now, the rally. Um, And the drama was there, because Tannock now had the lead. But Robin Pera coolly came through and turned the 1.4 second deficit, an amazing stage time. Uh, into a a 4.3-second win from just, you know, one last stage, having looked like he'd lost it. And just to add a little bit of extra to that power stage, that's what they call it, we had the image of uh, Thierry Neuville going flying off the road, nearly rolling over, getting back on again, losing a minute, but still keeping his third place. So Neuville, which is why the power stage is quite exciting, because he was miles behind, but if he hadn't been for the extra points of the power stage, he probably wouldn't have bothered to have a go. Uh, so he still finished third. Craig Breen had a quietish weekend, finished fourth. Didn't end up anywhere in the ditches. Elfin came back to finish fifth, uh, probably the last surviving manufacturer's car. Uh, Chris Ingram ended up eleventh overall, fifth in the WRC two class. So, uh, congratulations! But, but I mean, just what a dramatic weekend! <laughs> I just want to point out the drama probably was completely eclipsed of course, Southampton, the red and white boys <laughs> coming from 2-0 down in Brighton to equalise. Everybody's just... 2-0 and you get up 2-0 and... Everyone's just switched off weekend. and I was going to ask
1: Elliot, who, who <laughs> is here, uh, his favourite moment of the, the weekend in terms of motor racing, because that's what this podcast is, if not football. Yes,
0: all right, no, all right. I've got carried away. Red and white,
1: red and white. Red army, red red Favorite week- Favourite moment for the podcast, uh, for, for motorsport this weekend? Friday's qualifying in the F1 got to be the top of it just because the lack of preparation they had going into it made it far more interesting okay friday there you go you heard it from our expert what so was it was very interesting because the lack of preparation they had for that. is he wearing an anorak has he got his anorak on now <laughs> you get your anorak on all <laughs> it thanks for joining us uh, next week oh, before next we week. go yeah next week's good because next week we're gonna, be in america. we're gonna be in america
0: we are gonna be doing this podcast somehow in a week i'm from america I'm not sure how much of the sport we will have seen. Well, there's no Um, one which is a shame. No, but America's where most of it is next year. There's great IndyCar, Barber Park, amazing scenic uphill, downhill track. Not much overtake, tricky to overtake. Not not in Ohio by any chance. It's in Alabama. Where's Alabama? Uh, Miles away. (laughs) Insta sports cars, if you can get on some internet and watch that, because that's Laguna Seca, fantastic uphill, downhill. But back in Europe, Barcelona MotoGP, bound to entertain always. So keep an eye out for Barcelona MotoGP in Spain. NASCAR, of course, around the uh, Dover Bowl. Formula E, give them a shout. Monaco last year was actually one of the best Formula E races, racing on a proper track. Um, Of course, they're still saving power and pretty much lifting and coasting everywhere. But apart from that, they'll all be close because they've all got the same amount of power, so they can't run away with it. Um, in Britain, you're going to go watch some live motorsport, then go to Alton Park for the superbikes in Alton.
1: Lovely, lovely. What stuff. drama? drama. drama. Oh, the drama, the drama of
0: world I was <laughs> watching most of this last night, by the way. I got home from the film. I was watching the football live in Brighton. So I was doing a lot of watching to collect all that news. I was yeah. up until the early hours this morning, but it
1: was so entertaining. Motorsport can be filled
0: can, can with drama. Can we go now, Because i
1: got to make Elliot a, a cup of tea. See you, thanks for joining, cheers.